Now we're going to listen to a powerful word delivered by an amazing preacher of the word of God. Uh, she's a great, great um, son of this house. Uh, she's part of the core uh, leadership team, and she's very tall. She's very beautiful. Uh, she is funny. She's anointed. Uh, she also heads up a ministry called Un called Unearth. It's a ministry that fights against sex trafficking. Uh, her heart burns for Jesus and also his justice to come on this earth. Uh, beautiful, powerful woman of God. It's my honor to introduce Cassandra Robertson. Let's welcome her up. Thank you, Myungla. What's happening? I hear this chatter. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> um, yes, I'm very excited tonight to um, share the word with you. Uh, as I was preparing, actually, um, I had a... Um, What's that word? No. I gave you, like, no background, so you wouldn't know. Um, like, when something happens again, like, a, not a reminder, but nobody was real. Like, it really happened. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> like, when I was in Australia, right, I had this crazy experience where um, the Lord came upon me and I just laughed. Like, awkwardly in public place when someone was preaching, and I just laughed. And actually, today, I was sitting in the room preparing my sermon, and I just started laughing. By myself, in that room, everyone's out here working, and I couldn't stop laughing. I was, like, crying, was laughing so hard. And just God really just began to speak that it was, like, he's got such a powerful, powerful word that he wants to share. So I'm super excited to share with you guys. Um, the revelation has just been so deep. So, um, yeah, before we start, um, let me ask, have you guys ever been waiting for something and waiting and waiting and waiting and it doesn't come? Mm. Have you ever been searching for something? And you're searching and you're searching and you cannot find it, right? You're wanting something so badly, you want it, you want it, you want it, and you just don't get it, right? Let me read for you a definition of a word and then I'll tell you what that word is. The definition is to be prevented from accomplishing a purpose or fulfilling a desire, and the word is frustrated. Tonight, I want to talk about frustration. <laughs> frustration. <laughs> right? <laughs> is this resonating with you guys already? <laughs> yes. Release it, Lord. Um, so for myself... 2013, uh, for New Philly, it's the year of inspiration. And for myself, God kind of 
was sharing that for me, it's a year of learning, right? I love to learn. I love to study. It doesn't matter what it is. And so for me, it's just a year of learning. And um, it started out awesome, learning so many things, studying so many things. And, you know, actually in the first, like, three weeks of January, I read, like, four books. I just wanted to read and read and read and study and study and study. And as I was doing that, I was, like, just so excited, so excited, so excited, filled with so much. And then I don't even know when, I don't know why, but I kind of started feeling this block, right? Not that I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do or anything was different or anything had changed, but I just felt something blocked. And I was, it's like I was, I don't really know. I can't explain it. Um, but one, one, the thing that kind of set me off to realize what it was that I was feeling this frustration and this dissatisfaction was, um, last Friday fire when Pastor Anita was preaching, um, she was preaching about humility and how kind of, you know, everyone, I don't know, it was, uh, it's a simple word, but you know, it's a, it, it's a, it's a good word. It's a strong word. And, um, I just began to think humility <laughs> The perfect example of humility is Jesus dying on the cross, taking the sin that he never had, taking it, and then dying so that we don't have to pay for that sin. And I was thinking, how can that at all be simple, right? How can that at all be something I can even begin to comprehend in my head? Like, we can't. We cannot comprehend it. And if we think about it too much, I don't know. <laughs> I, sometimes those, those really deep things, I was like, I don't want to think about it because it makes my head want to explode. But um, I think that began to stir in me this dissatisfaction with being able, being <sighs> frustration. <laughs> stirring me this dissatisfaction for simple things, right? For my prayers began to feel simple and surface level. And my worship began to feel so surface level. And my relationships were feeling so surfacey. And it was like, I don't want this. I don't, you know, so I I was feeling this block. Anyways, um, when I, I went to, on Monday night, I went to, um, the One Thing Conference, the One Thing Korea they had here. And I went, and I was worshiping, and again, um, I mean, it was so, the worship was amazing. Matt Gilman, if you guys know who he is from IHOP, just so powerful, singing and worshiping, so powerful, and seeing this huge church, which I began to think, like, yes, Lord, this is for New Philly. Yes, I claim this, you know, huge space like this. And um, just seeing all of these young Koreans just worshiping. And the worship was in English, okay? And I'm pretty sure it was like everyone around, I was the only one singing along because I was the only one that knew the words. And everyone else was just, but they were so touched, you know? And actually what began to happen was my, I was getting annoyed at myself. It's like, why You know, listening to my own English come out of my mouth and my own words and my own intonation of my prayers began to just annoy me. 
And I was like, Lord, why am I feeling so dissatisfied? And I didn't physically hear it, but I just kind of felt in my spirit, um, I heard, you're welcome. And I, I, I didn't realize or comprehend that I heard it, but I began to just say, thank you, God. Thank you so much. I thank you so much that I'm feeling frustrated. Then I was like, wait, 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 this sucks. Why am I thanking God for it? You know? And it's like, have you guys ever gotten a gift before? And, or you've given a gift and like the person doesn't say thank you. And so you just go, you're welcome. You know, kind of like that. Like your, your welcome causes them to say thank you. Right. And so that's totally what God was doing. He was like, you're welcome. Me not even realizing that this frustration was a gift, but him saying, you're welcome, caused me to sit there and praise him and just say, thank you. Thank you that I'm so frustrated. And I was like, man, this is jacked up, but awesome. Is this going on and off or is that just me? It is? Okay, got it. All right. Um, so it, 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 it made me dive into Psalm 42. So if you guys could open your Bibles to Psalm 42. And what I want you to do, if you have like an iPad or an iPhone, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I want you to open it, put your finger in it, and then reclose it. So like open it and find it, but then don't. Okay, so we're going to look back at this later, but I want to read it for you without you looking at it. I want everyone to just close your eyes and listen as I read this psalm. And I want you to hear the tone, hear the pain, hear the frustration, hear the agony that is written in these words, okay? So just close your eyes and just listen. Psalm 42, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mitzar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is within me, a prayer to the God of my life. 
I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Amen. So if you can hear the tone, it's actually quite melancholy, you know. Um, I, reading this, I could relate to it so much because you can hear how there's this inner struggle, this longing, and then this, like, uh, despair, groaning, and then this, like, almost as if it's another person. Yo, why are you so downcast? Praise God. But then it's like, oh, you know, again, it's just this back and forth, back and forth. And um, we're going to look into why. Um, So a little bit about this psalm. It was written, it says, by the sons of Korah. I think that's how you say it. Um, I don't know if it was one or many or whatever, but for the sake of ease, I'm going to refer to it as being written by a single person. And the sons of Korah were in the line of Levi, which meant that they served in the tabernacle, in the temple. And it said that, um, that they were doorkeepers in the tabernacle. And during the time of David, um, these sons of Korah, these descendants from Korah, um, they became choral and instrumental leaders in the tabernacle. And so this person who writes it, this, this guy who writes it, is someone who served in the house of God. He served in the presence of God. You know, back in that time, they did not have the Holy Spirit. So for them to be in the presence meant to be in the tabernacle. And he served in the presence. They worshipped. They led people in, in uh, celebrations. They led people in prayer. They led worship. And it was this communion that he knew in the tabernacle. And then um, you can see in, in verse um, five, 6, he, he's talking about the land of Jordan and Hermon. And this was the Jordan River and this, this mountain range called Hermon. And it was um, along, it's like on the outskirts of Israel. So it's not near Jerusalem. It's not near the temple or the tabernacle. And so what we're seeing is this this guy, he's not any longer near the tabernacle where he was, which means he's not in the presence of God. And so he starts out this psalm that, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, right? His soul is so longing again to be in the presence of God that he, he likens it to a deer panting for water. And now an animal does not eat or drink for pleasure like we do. Like we eat like good, yummy stuff, candy and chocolate and sugar. I'm not eating sugar for a while, and I'm like, give me candy. Um, Anyway, it's a deer is panting for water, which means this deer is needing water for life, for necessity. He's not just desiring to, you know, stroll by the streams and take a little dip and take a little lick here and there. Like, he is panting for water. He's 
needing it for life, for necessity. And he's saying, so this man who's writing this is saying, I need your presence for my salvation, for my life, for my, to be able to live, for my survival. I need your presence. I need your water. But yet in verse 2, in verse 3, all he gets is his own tears. He's only satisfied with the wetting of his own tears on his face, right? He's not getting what he's longing for, and he's feeling this frustration, and actually everyone else around him sees it too. You're not getting satisfied by your God. Where's your God? And he's being mocked, right? And so we see here that this is kind of a, a good um, a view of the supernatural versus the natural, right? Like he's wanting something so badly, he's desiring it, but yet in the natural, nothing is happening. In the natural, nothing is being fulfilled, nothing is being given, nothing is being poured out. Frustration. So much frustration, right? And all he can do in verse 4, all he can do is just remember. I'm so far from the presence of God right now. All I can do is just remember what I used to have. It's remember what I used to be able to encounter. It's to remember the, the ease and the glory that I used to dwell in, you know? And then in verse 5, like I said, it's like he's talking to another person or another person is talking to him. Why are you downcast? What is your problem? You know? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, which means this is not the end. This is not it. You're not going to be removed from his presence forever. You're going to go back. You will again be in his presence. What's your problem? Praise God. It doesn't matter if you're in this situation right now. It's not going to be like this forever. Right? And he's, he's like stirring himself up. Don't, don't let yourself be overtaken by this woe is me, I'm gone forever, right? But yet the frustration is so thick that, again, you just see right in, in verse 6, you know, I, can, I remember you from this land of Jordan and this, I'm so far away. I'm so far. And um, it doesn't matter what he desires because it isn't happening at that time. He's so far away and He's at this bank of the river, and all he can see is the river. And all he can see is the flowing water and the waterfalls and the breaking and the waves. And then we hit verse 7. And this is like the epitome of his frustration, you know? Um, He's desiring so much, and in the natural, nothing is changing. And in fact, it's exactly the opposite of what he was desiring. In verse 1, he's wanting to, he's panting for the flowing streams and he's wanting to drink of the things of God and drink of God. And yet in verse 7, it's like the waves, that, that same water, it's just too much, it's overwhelming. All he can see is overwhelming. And so he's wanting to drink of it, yet he's completely overwhelmed and frustrated and dissatisfied with what's going on. And um, 
Yeah, if you can imagine, right, right then at this time, you know, he's sitting there, nowhere near I want to be, desiring this, I'm so far gone, and I'm, I'm, you know, all you can do is sigh. And uh, for, for myself and for you, I'm sure when, when we feel this, when we're in this situation, like, what do we do? Me? I throw a tantrum. You know, this is when I'm like, you guys know it's coming, don't you? <laughs> Here goes Cassandra. It's like, ah! <laughs> what are you doing? You know, it's like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Ah! And I saw my feet like a child and I cry and I throw things and it's like, what else can you do? Really? You know, I'm not going to sit and, I don't know. <laughs> but it's so frustrating, you know, and you just, ugh. And in that, in that moment, the, you're thinking, what am I doing? But the question that we need to be asking is, God, what are you doing? Not, what am I doing? What do I need to do? What do I need to fix this? But God, what are you doing right now in this place of me feeling overwhelmed, in this place of frustration, in this place of the epitome of my feeling like crap? What are you doing? You know? And this is where I feel like God says, you're welcome. You're welcome. So let's look at what God's doing, right? I'm going to stay in verse 7 because this is where he feels like this is the worst place. This is the most frustrating. This is the hardest. This is the part where he's overwhelmed the most. But yet in this place is where God moves more than any other. And I want to look at why. And the first thing that God is doing here in the midst of his frustration is God is speaking. God's literally speaking. And if you look, some of you are probably like, what? No, he's not. God didn't say anything. But if you look, right, it says, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. And what he's feeling is that this place of, it's like all of Mother Nature is coming against me. This deep part of the river and this deep part of the river is they're stirring and they're stirring and it's like they're talking to each other and they're mocking me and they're making bigger waves and they're, they're talking to the waterfall and it's all coming over me at once, right? But it's not even talking about the water. It's not the water. When God says you're at the roar of your waterfalls, that is God's voice, Ezekiel 43, 2. In the NIV, it says, His voice was like the roar of rushing waters. And in Revelation 1, 15, it says the same thing. His voice was like the roar of many waters. God's voice is the waters. And we feel like we're being overwhelmed by it, but actually, He's swooping us up in His voice. He's speaking, and we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of his voice, not being overwhelmed. 
You know, it's like what seems like this scary place, this overwhelming rushing waters crashing all around is actually the powerful, mighty voice and word of God that is moving in the middle of your situation. Um, when I, I used to work uh, at a Bible camp every summer. I heard that that's like a white person thing. Is that true? <laughs> you did? Okay, okay. One time I had talked about it and somebody was like, mm, only white people do that. Okay, anyway. I was at Bible camp and one of the things that we did every summer was we would take families and campers on these canoe trips. And so working at the camp as a counselor, I had to get my canoe certification. Super cool, right? So cool. So we had to go down this river, get canoe certified. And so we had to, you know, there's two people in the canoe. It's not like many, right? Two people in the canoe. And it's not a kayak. It's not small. It's big. It's really large. We go, we had to go um, sideways down the river. We had to go backwards down the river. We had to like turn and swoop around different boulders and all these different things. We had to um, purposely flood our canoe in the deep part. Not, it's not like in the shallow. We had to purposely flood it, unflood it, tip it over, get back in, and then redo it. And this is two people, right? So fun. So fun. Um, and one of the things, too, that oh, was super cool, right? So in, in the river, there's this part um, this where a rock is, and the water will go around it. And then it the, makes this it's a spot called an eddy. And if you go, and if you go right, and then you just, whoosh, you have to flip your canoe around back upstream, and then you sit in that little pocket, and your canoe will just stay there. Because whatever, however, like, the waves that are going around it and back, and it makes this, like, swirl. And so it's like, we were like, here it is. Here it is. It's eddy time. And we'd go down the river, and then just like, you have to like quick. It's really hard. But then we just, yes, we did it. If you didn't flip your canoe, it was really successful. So anyway. Mm, oh, yes. We learned that the only way that you can really maneuver in the canoe and in the river and have control over what you're doing and what your canoe is doing is if you paddle faster than the current. Because if you're not paddling faster, the current is just going to take you wherever it wants to go. But you have to paddle faster than it so that you can maneuver and manipulate, right? But the thing about the voice of God being the rushing water and the voice of God being this roar of mighty water is that when you're in the stream, whatever is in the stream with you, it cannot overpower that voice. It cannot manipulate and move and move of its own will in the middle of God's voice. So when God is speaking here over his situation, he's in the middle of it. And that means that he is moving where God wants him to go. Wherever God is flowing, wherever this river is flowing, it feels like it's overwhelming him. But it is taking him exactly to where he needs to be going. And whatever else, whatever circumstances in that place, it also has to submit to where God is going. Right? So when we're frustrated with our circumstances, when we allow the voice of God to roar over us, when we allow the waters, the voice of the mighty God to roar over our situation, everything else has to submit. 
it has to submit because it can't overtake that current. And so when, when our soul is desiring to drink of the flowing streams, God is saying, no, I want to speak over you. I want to roar over your situation. I want to move you to where I want you to go. And I want everything else to submit to my plan for your life. I'm going to roar over you with my voice. And that's what he's saying here when, when he feels the most frustrated. And so if we look back at the roar of your waterfalls, what happens? What happens at the roar of his waterfalls? It says deep calls the deep. Now this guy is feeling like the deep of the river and the deep of the stream and the waterfall. It's all working against him. But actually what's happening is God is searching the deep. It's the second thing God's doing. He speaks, excuse me, and then he searches the deep. God is searching the deep. Now, what does this mean? If you look, the Hebrew word for deep and the Hebrew word for calls, deep calls to deep. The Hebrew word for deep, the Hebrew word for calls are the same words that God uses in Genesis to describe him creating the universe. The deep. It's the void. It's the expanse. It's the abyss. It's the furthest part, it's the deepest part, it's the place where no one else knows exists, it's the place where no one else can see, where no one else can reach, where no one else can even fathom anything. God is hovering over the deep. Genesis 1, verse 2. It says, The earth was without form and void, And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That deep, even in us, that deep, that place where no one else knows, those desires that no one else can see, that frustration that no one else understands, God is hovering. He's hovering over the depths. And if you look in verse 5 of Genesis 1, he's, it's the same word for call here. Um, let's look at verse 4 first. It says, And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And so he's hovering over the expanse, and then he calls it by its name. He calls it into being. Light had not yet existed. Light wasn't anything, but yet he spoke it out, he saw it, and then he called it. He gave it a name. So when God is searching the deep, when we're feeling frustrated, when we're feeling that place of dissatisfaction, God is searching the deep. He's hovering over us, and he's looking into the depths of who we are, the places that nobody even knows exist yet. And he's calling into being something that has never yet been there. He's giving a name to things that you don't even know are a part of who you are. 
<laughs> this is when I started to laugh. <laughs> Have you guys ever, like, you've been talking to someone and you are sharing revelation or you're sharing wisdom and then all of a sudden something comes out of your mouth that surprises yourself? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. <laughs> you know? It's like... It's in these times of frustration where in the natural, you feel like nothing is happening. In the natural, you feel like the waters are overtaking you and you have no idea. And you think the deep is just working against you. But it's in these times that God is putting in you revelation. He's putting in you calling. He's putting in you destiny. He's putting over you mantles. It's in this time where he's hovering the deep. And he's calling it out. Now, a lot of times, this frustrating time, this, we just want to get out of it, you know? I don't want to feel like this. I want to get out. I want to make it stop. I want to avoid it altogether. Whatever I can do to avoid frustration, get me out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but God's hovering. He's just resting. He's waiting and moving. And so we don't have to feel like we have to hurry up and avoid it and get out of it and make it get out, you know? Just let it hover. Let God hover. Let him call forth something new, something else. Now, the third thing is that, well, number one, God is speaking. He's roaring. Number two, he's searching the deep. <clears throat> and number three, <clears throat> we search the deep. What the heck does that mean? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> not only is God speaking over us and he's creating things and he's searching the deep parts of who we are, but also, even if we don't know it, we are searching the deep things of God. Um, John 16, verse 7 and 13 through 15, it tells us, Jesus says, let me find it here. 7, verse 7, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. I'm sorry, John 16. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus promises that we're going to have the helper. He promises the Holy Spirit to us. Now, the guy who's writing this psalm doesn't have this. He doesn't experience the Holy Spirit. But we have the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised it, and he gave it, and he lives in our depths. And verses 13 through 16, 13 through 15, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the father has is mine. Therefore, I said to you, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus says that the job of the Holy Spirit is to take things 
from the Father and to declare it to us. In those times when we feel frustrated and we're thinking that deep is calling to deep and working against us, actually, the deep inside of us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, is calling out for the deep things of God. He's searching the things of God to make it known, to be revealed to us. We don't even know. It's like in the natural, we can't even see it. We can't even feel it. Yet this is his job. This is what he is doing. This is what he is supposed to do. This is what he lives to do. He lives to make known the things of the Father, the things of the Son, and make it known to us. Right? We search the deep. If you look in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19, (laughs) so powerful. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being, in your deep, right? In your deep. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth of, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The job of the Holy Spirit is to search the width, the height, the length, the depth of God and use it to strengthen us in the inner man. First Corinthians 2.10 says, For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Did you guys even know that was happening on the inside? Did you guys know that when you feel frustrated or you feel discontent or dissatisfied, it's because we can't be okay with having simple surface things. In the innermost part of who we are, the Spirit longs for the depths of God. The Spirit searches to know what is the length and the width and the height and the depth of the living God. We can't be okay anymore with simple things. We can't be okay with this, you know, mm. It's a gift to feel frustrated. God is saying, you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome for this gift. You know, it's like in verse 1, he's seeking so much to be in the presence of God. He's seeking so much to be near him to see him face to face and that we can we can relate to that we long so much to be in the presence of god to see him face to face and yet when we allow god to work in the deep what we actually get is the knowledge of christ 
we get to one-up this guy, right? He gets to know and see the deep things of God and be in the presence of God, but we get the Holy Spirit inside of us who's searching out and showing us the love of Christ, which strengthens our inner man. It's such a gift to be frustrated. And, you know, the revelation of that that hit me on, on, on Monday was like, okay, thank you. Okay. Now we can, we can enjoy being in that frustration. It's okay. We can allow it. We can allow him to hover. We can allow him to sit. We can allow him to call things forth. We can allow his voice to go forth and roar over us and make things happen that we couldn't make happen ourselves. It's a gift to be frustrated. It's a gift from God who wants to seek the deep things. I want you guys just for a second just to hear God say you're welcome. Hear him say you're welcome. This is a gift. It is to your benefit that I hover. It is to your benefit that in these times when it feels like you're being overwhelmed, it is to your benefit that I search out the deep and that you search out the deep within me. I think so often we can, like I said, we can try to avoid it and we can try to we get so wrapped up in the frustration. We get so wrapped up in feeling terrible about being frustrated. And we get frustrated that we're feeling frustrated. And we get mad. Why is this happening? What is this? I don't want it. But tonight, we need to shift our minds. And we need to stop saying, God, I don't want this. And we need to say, God, hover over me. Hover over the depths. Call out things in me that I didn't know were there. So if you've been feeling frustrated with your job, with your spiritual life, with, your, with yourself, with your discipline, with some people, with whatever it might be, if you've been feeling frustrated, I want you to just stand up. The truth will set you free, amen? The truth is, God is speaking right now. He's roaring. The waters are not overtaking you. The word says that it does not overtake you. If you go through the river, you will not be overtaken. You go through the fire, you will not be burned. You are not overwhelmed. 
you are in a place of blessing where the Lord is hovering over, calling things forth. And the Holy Spirit in you is searching out the deep things of God. You are feeling frustrated because you long for more. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just want everybody to begin to just raise your hands and cry out and say, God, I'm feeling frustrated, but I want to thank you. God, I don't feel good in my spirit sometimes, but I thank you because you're moving. Just lift your hands and begin to take the place that was frustration, that was bitterness, that was anger, that was a terrible feeling on the inside. Take it and turn it into praise. Allow your spirit to be moved to search the deep things of God right now. thank you God that we do not see things in the natural we do not look at things as man looks at things and I thank you father right now that you are shifting mindsets in this room God to turn away from the natural to turn away from what things look like to the natural eye and to see things in the spiritual to see God that that when it seems like we're being overwhelmed That when it seems like everything in life is planning and plotting and working against us. That actually you are moving. God, we thank you that your voice is like the roar of mighty waters. That your river cannot be conquered by any other thing. That everything must submit to the sound of your voice, God. And I thank you and just declare in this room right now, God, that situations are submitting to the voice of God over our lives. I thank you right now, Father, that every situation in this room that is causing frustration, that it is causing pain, it is causing turmoil. I thank you, Father, that it is submitting to the voice of God over our lives. I thank you, Father, that you are searching our hearts. That you are searching what is deep within. That you are hovering over the places we don't even know exist yet. And you are calling them forth. God, I thank you right now that destinies are coming forth. That new names are being spoken over people in this room right now, God. I thank you that you are speaking forth names, God. I thank you, Father. That you are setting things up. You're hovering. (laughs) Hover, Holy Spirit, right now. Would you just hover? 
Search our depths, Holy Spirit. Search, search us. Search our depths, God. We long so much to be known by you. We long to be seen by you, God. Would you search us right now in the depths? Call forth the new names, God. Call forth the new names. Strengthen us in the inner man, God, with the knowledge of Christ. That in our beings, as we are searching, God, we don't even know. We don't even know, but our spirits are searching for the deep things of you. We long to know your depths, God. We long to know your heights, God. Would you make it known to us, God? Strengthen us in the inner man with the knowledge of Christ. Show us the love that we've never known before, God. Yes, God, you are doing a mighty work. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this gift of frustration.